Today we're wrapping up a four-part series that we've been in for the last, obviously, the last three weeks, and it's called Small Things, a Big Difference. And today I, I want to share with you just one simple thought, just one simple thought that I think will propel you into what God wants for you in 2021. And I know this one thought seems like it's a really strong statement. I recognize that, but I believe that if we do this very small thing or we consider it and we contemplate it, that that very thought can allow us to accomplish many things this year. Because I think we're realizing that it's all about the small things, right? It is the small things that make a big difference in our lives. And if you, uh, part of this series, if you were here and if you haven't, you can always listen to this message back online and you'll discover that the first one we talked about, some of these small things you can do that will help direct you this year. And then the second week, we talk about some of the small thoughts that you can have to help direct you in this year. Last week, we talked about your words, your small words, and how important those are to help direct you this year. And this year, I mean, and, and today, I'm, we're going to talk about specifically some of the small disciplines that will help direct you this year. So that's what I want to talk about, those disciplines, those, those habits that we repeatedly do on a day-to-day -day basis that will propel us into what God, what God would want for us. But before I get started, I like questions. How many of you would consider yourself a disciplined person? Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. If you're disciplined, you'll raise your hand because you're proud of it, right? And, and just by a show of hands, how many of you consider yourself not a disciplined person at all? Well, thank you for your honesty. There's room for improvement there. I get it. But here, here's the truth for all of us, right? The truth is, is that we're all disciplined in the areas that are important to us. See, every morning I get up, and the first thing I do is I walk to the coffee maker like a zombie. It is like clockwork. I walk straight to the coffee maker, and I start to brew the same cup. And then, not the same cup, but a cup of coffee. And you may say, well, you know, Carlos, that's more of a habit. And you would be right. That is a habit, but that's just it. It started as a discipline that developed into a habit. And we all have specific disciplines. And some of those things that we consistently discipline ourselves to do are either going to lead us into good habits, and some of those are going to lead us into bad habits. But we're all disciplined in different ways. Discipline, you see, is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Let me say that again. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. And that is the small thought that I want you to capture this morning that can propel you into all that God wants you to be. Choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Now, perhaps you have a great marriage relationship. I know a lot of you personally. I know that you do. And the reality is it didn't happen by mistake is that you discipline yourself to do very specific things like communication. I mean, maybe for some of you guys, you left your golf clubs at home and your mountain bikes and your motorbikes, and you let those get dusty so that you could spend some time at home goods with your wife. Anybody done that? <laughs> we guys are like, hooray, home goods, right? I was there yesterday. It was awesome. Anyway, that, that takes discipline, but it yields a much better relationship. Maybe you're successful financially, and I, I bet you didn't get there by accident. Nobody just gets, you know, financially secure by accident because you, you discipline you do, to do very specific things. Maybe you decided to not spend more than what you make. What a concept, right? 
Maybe you decided to tithe. Maybe you decided to invest wisely or to pay off debt or not to get into credit card debt. Maybe you do all that you can do to follow Dave Ramsey principles like some people that I know. And, you know, he says that if you live like no one else, later you can live like no one else. And wow, what a true statement. I mean, that's essentially saying the same thing, that discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. The opposite is true. If there's an area of your life where you're not succeeding, maybe you've chosen the wrong disciplines. Maybe in the same scenario, you guys have chosen the golf clubs or the, or the mountain bikes over spending time with your wife, and, it, and it's reflected in your marriage. Maybe some of you have decided to load up on credit card debt because you wanted something now instead of saving up for it. And you were disciplined to do it because you wanted it now. And now maybe you're seeing the effects or suffering the consequences of that. Now, something that we're all disciplined to do, and basically I should speak for myself, is eating, right? We're all disciplined to eat. And as the new year begins, I think all of us are thinking, how can I eat better? How can I eat less? How can I lose a few pounds? At least that's what I'm thinking. But maybe that's what you've decided this year, to be more disciplined in your eating, and if you're like me, you know, Monday comes around because nothing starts on Sunday. I mean, we have lunch plans, right? It has to start tomorrow. The, the diet starts on Monday. And you do it, and you're doing great. And then you go through Tuesday. And then Wednesday comes around, and you're sticking to it. And then Thursday comes around, and you drive by in and out, and you smell. You guys get that smell, right? And he's like, you know, a double-double with grilled onions and well-done fries. Sounds about right, right about now. Don't judge me, but that has happened a couple of times. You started out right, but then you blew it. You, you say, you know, it's okay. I, I'll just run a, an extra marathon this week. I don't know, something to make you feel better. And I've been there, and I completely understand blowing it. And I understand being inconsistent with our disciplines. You know, I know I should eat an apple, but I don't know if you guys know my life is revolves around tacos, apple, tacos. It's not a contest there for me, you know. It's just not going to work that way. And by the way, the only reason I, I, I talk about dieting is because it is the top resolution for Americans every single year. I thought it was going to be different this last year for 2020. It hasn't changed. It's still at the top of the list. Either It's either exercise to get in shape or diet to lose weight or just eating healthier. It's always at the top of the list. Up there with saving money, that's at the top of the list. But this year is a little different. You know, perhaps our goals or our, our resolutions, if we want to call them that, this year have to do a little bit more with self-care as we discover the toll that this pandemic and everything that's going on around us is, is taking on us and, and it's shaping us. You know, so now our, our resolutions are more like trying to be more understanding or more sympathetic or more loving. And statistics are, are pretty amazing. In fact, I, I, I really enjoyed statistics. I mean, numbers don't lie. And you guys want to know what made the list this year for the first time in, in, in a long time? Of course, like I said, exercise, eating healthy, all of those are at the top of the list. But what made the list this year is, is spending more time with family and friends made the top 10 this year. Live more economically. I guess that could be saving more, but specifically live more economically. In other words, simplifying. Spend less time on social media. That, that just became a thing. Uh, I'm sure it has been there for a while, but it's at the top of the list now. You know, it would seem like we're now paying attention and seeing the effects of our recent political issues and societal struggles, and we realize the toll that it's taken on us, and it sounds like we want to do something about it. 
Some of us don't really know what to do. In fact, I invite you to come back next week. We spent considerable time planning for our next series, and it's going to be called What a Mess. How appropriate, right? The mess that we find ourselves is. And we're going to talk to you about how you can turn that mess and turn it into a message. We're going to take all the things that we've been going through, all the things that we've been dealing with, and we're going to talk about how we might be able to refocus that. So I invite you to come back or tune in next week because you're not going to want to miss that. For that, you need discipline. And we all struggle to be consistent with good discipline. I mean, even the Apostle Paul himself struggled with that. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote most of the, the New Testament. He was probably one of the more effective spiritual leaders in the history of Christianity. And, and he struggled with being inconsistent with good disciplines. And, and this is what he says. And, and I love this because... I can relate to this, and perhaps you can as well. He says, I don't understand what I do. Anyone there with me? Just me. Okay, thank you. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. He's saying, you know, there are times when the things that I want to do the most, I simply don't do those things. The good things that I, should, that I know I should be doing, that, that thing that will take me where I really want to be, you know, closer to God, living in a way that's holy and acceptable and pleasing to him, doing the things that will help me follow God and helping others follow God as well. Those things I just don't do. And then he says, instead of disciplining myself to do the right thing and to do the good thing, I actually do the thing that is not good, you know, the thing that I hate. The thing that leads me away from God. And that, folks, I can relate to. A daily struggle, and perhaps you can as well. And then Paul goes on to say, Now, if I do what I don't want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. In other words, the devil made me do it, right? No, that's not, it's not that at all. He recognizes the sin that is at work within him and, and the struggle. Because by nature, we're not self-disciplined people. We want to follow our sinful desires, which pulls us away from God and for, from what God wants from us. Our sin nature really just bends us towards doing what we want to do rather than doing what God wants us to do. And Paul, you see, having experienced that, he says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? He says, thanks be to God who delivers me. And here's the key, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Paraphrase, he's saying, I'm a mess. That's really what he's saying. I'm a mess, but God the Father has someone to rescue me. He sent someone to deliver me, and his name is Jesus. And that's where the good news are and exist this morning. He's saying that with the help of Jesus that I can change, I can be better, I can overcome by the power of Jesus Christ. And our truth this morning, our beautiful truth this morning, is that Jesus Christ who is in us, who is in you, is stronger than any wrong appetite that is in you. You should consider that no matter what you may be struggling with, Jesus Christ who is in you is stronger than anything that you might be facing right now. And the fact is, is that you will never choose better or choose what you want most if you simply try 
to do it on your own. If you simply try to be self-disciplined, a lot of us can accomplish a lot of things just with our own will and our own self-discipline, but not to the level that God wants to take us. But if you let Jesus Christ, who is at work within you, inside of you, that very same God who stood up and then walked out of his tomb and is alive again, he and he alone will set you free and give you that power. Self-discipline will only take you so far. But when you are empowered by the Son of God, again, who is living in you, you can overcome even the wrong disciplines and it will get you to what you want most. So how do you start? Well, how do you start letting God, who is in you, start helping you choose the right discipline? Start helping you get to what you want most. And of course, the Apostle Paul tells us that. He wrote to the Corinthian church, and he used this language that I think was familiar to them because he uses athletic language because there were some uh, games that they would play, very similar to our Olympic games. So it's language that we can relate to as well. And this is what he says. He says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He's saying that if you want something, do it as if you're competing in a race and you actually want to win first place. That doesn't mean you have to be competitive. That just means you want to do the best that you can and you actually want to win. And if that, for that to be the case, that also means that if you want to win, you have to train, right? And then he says that some athletes, they run to get a crown that will not last. You know, in those days, they would put this little thing around their, this crown of woven leaves around their head if they won. For us, we recognize medals or trophies or big rings. All of those things fade away over time. And they bring no real lasting blessing or gain. So Paul is saying, but those of us, you and I, who follow Jesus Christ, we run to win the prize that will last forever. The crown of life in heaven with God the Father. Isn't that what we want? I mean, the reality is that we're all here because we one day want to be in heaven with what? That is what we want most. Isn't that what we want most? Yes, amen, church? And it's all about priorities. Because our reality, after all of our struggles here on earth, after uh, it's all said and done, what we all want is eternal life with God and our loved ones. You see, all the discussions that I've had with people at hospitals and in their deathbeds, they've all been about eternity. Nothing, absolutely nothing else comes up besides maybe them wanting their family to know God for them to be able to see them in eternity. But they're all related to eternity we don't talk about their house or their car or their title, just where they're going after they take their last breath. Because they recognize at that moment, and we will all recognize at that moment that heaven is a place where there is no wrong and there is no sin. It is a place with no sickness, nor sorrow. It is a place that is full of joy and laughter and truly happily ever after, like they say at weddings. So how do you start letting the Son of God who is in you start helping you choose the right disciplines. Well, Apostle Paul tells us that you run towards him and towards the prize. By choosing today, today to get rid of anything that is hindering you from running to win that prize. 
You know, in the time that Paul wrote these scriptures, when it came time to the race, the athletes would literally strip away everything that would hinder them from potentially winning that race. That means they would take everything off. Uh, there was no fancy track suits or Nike running shoes. They, they, they honestly just kind of ran in their undies. They kind of looked like undies, but they weren't really undies. But that's what they ran. That's how they ran. They didn't want anything to hinder them. And, and that's not a big deal, but it, that, that reminded me of when I, the time that I ran the LA Marathon, I know you're surprised by me saying that, but it, it happened. It happened once. And, and, and that marathon for me is a March race, which means that it's cold. And you start the race really early in the morning. And by the time the middle of the race comes, it is so hot. And you or your body is so hot that you just literally want to strip away anything that is, I mean, if you could, if you just take everything off because everything starts to hinder you. Everything star, starts to bother you. And I remember someone giving me advice before I ran that race, and he gave me some tips. He gave me a lot of them. But one of them, he said, instead of investing in those really expensive, you know, brand name gloves that you're going to want to buy to keep you warm that morning, just go to Home Depot, buy the $2 gloves, because guess what? You're going to take them off and dump them on the ground. And I'm like, why would I do that? That sounds silly. He said, trust me. And sure enough, about mile 18, I'm, I mean, by halfway through, you're so hot, I'm just... Everything's on the floor. And then I started running, and I noticed that there's all kinds, seriously, all kinds of brand name stuff from jackets to, to hoodies to all kinds, just laying on the ground. And I'm like, my, my instinct was to stop and pick it all up and send it over to Juarez. It was good stuff. It was expensive stuff. But, I mean, it was, it, it's true. It'll hinder you. And this is what Hebrew says. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, other translations say it, a great multitude of people, of witnesses like you, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. He is saying that whatever is going to slow you down from running your race, whatever might get in the way from running to win and what you want most, he says, throw that off. Choose today to throw that off. And if it is sin, which is always trying to get in your way, throw that off. And as you run, the Bible says again in Hebrews, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. You see, our race, as, as it, this analogy talks about, Paul talks about, he talks about our race, that our life is a race. We're all in the race and we're racing to, through eternity. And as you know, this is a long time for a lot of us as we go through life. It's not a sprint. Our race is a marathon. And you will get tired of running. And there will be obstacles that will get in the way of you finishing that race well. And he's saying, don't stop. But if you fix your eyes, like if you have blinders on, like they put on horses on Jesus, the perfecter of your faith, and you go towards running, and you run like if you want to win that prize, and things will be different for you. Yeah, you're going to be tempted to stop. You're going to be tempted to choose lesser temporary prizes that are shiny and look cool. So at that point, it's that when you, we really have to call on Jesus. You know, when you run a long distance race, another thing that they told me about that I didn't believe until I ran it is that there's something that people refer to as hitting the wall. And in a marathon, it usually happens around mile 18. For me, I didn't believe it because I was going to be the exception. It happened around mile 20. 
That is when everything in you wants to quit. That is when your body starts to quit and it starts to define your mind and your emotions are all out of whack. And I mean, it's no joke. You actually feel like crying and you don't even know why. And it's at that point that you have to dig deep. You have to persevere through the pain and the mental exhaustion. And it honestly reminded me of this last year that we've been through how most of us have to dig deep so that we could just persevere through all the madness that we've been through over this last year. You know, I still recall when I was running that marathon, how I struggled to keep going. By mile 20, I had a great pace. I was in in pace to to meet my goal, which was under four hours, which was amazing for me at my, you know, anyway. And everything's going great. And then at that mile 20, everything just fell apart. It just, I didn't think I was going to finish the race. I thought... I was going to quit, and that was the, the last thing that, I mean, who wants to run 20 miles and then six miles to go and say, I couldn't do it, I quit. That wasn't going to be me. That's my self-discipline. That's my perseverance. That is Carlos running through the pain, right? Digging deep. But there was a point in there in that time where I, I couldn't do it. My body kept saying, no, you don't. And I said, yes, I will. And the body said, no, you don't. And guess what happens? Seriously, I, I basically had at that moment cried out to God and said, God, I need you now. I need you to get me through this because one day I'm going to speak about this in a sermon and I need to finish it. (laughs) See, I didn't think that I promised, but now I am. As my body ached, he had me focus. He said, honestly, I felt this from God. He said, just focus on the person in front of you. Someone who has the same pace that you do and focus on that. Don't focus on the finish line, just that one person. And if you come up to that person and you start getting close past that person and focus on the next person, and that's it. And you know what? That helped me for a couple miles. Remember, I had six to go. And I'm like, that sounds great. I have a few more. Then at mile 24, something amazing happened that got me the rest of the way. I saw my family. I saw my loved ones, my, my kids, and they were cheering me on. And, they, and it made me cry. It was weird because just you're so emotional. I don't know why. You don't, I, I can't explain it to you but it encouraged me to keep going. Yes, I dug deep on my own, but it was God who was faithful and it was God who sent help in the form of others who had no clue they were encouraging me. That's why the Bible says there's a great multitude of witnesses watching your faithful walk and your race. And you don't know who you're going to encourage. Something amazing happened to me after that race Total stranger, I'm not exaggerating or lying. A man comes up to me and says, and taps me on the shoulder, and he says, hey, thanks for that, for keeping that pace. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I totally, and he says, I followed you, you kept that pace, and it encouraged me to finish the race. I'm like, what? The same thing that somebody else was doing for me in front of me, I was doing to somebody else behind me. Who would have thought? You know, sometimes you're going to have to be hard on yourself to persevere, That's why Paul says that, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, which is why fasting is important. I encourage you to start fasting if you haven't already. That's why I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That means you're going to have to rein in that old sinful nature and the desires of your body to keep it from doing what it wants to do. But if you do, and it says by the power of Jesus Christ, you won't be disqualified for the ultimate prize, 
which in here talks about heaven. For me, it was just a simple, silly marathon that I wanted to finish. When you choose by leaning on the power of Jesus Christ working within you, what you want most, you will end up with that prize. If that's what you want the most, you'll end up getting that. When you are disciplining yourself to run that race and to run for the price of heaven, to get that crown of eternal life, and you fix your eyes on Jesus, it makes choosing the right disciplines to achieve all other prices here on earth much more easier. Yes, even running a marathon. When you are focused on Jesus and running for him and serving him, more often you're going to choose the right disciplines that you're going to need to win the right prizes here on earth as well. So I want to ask you two questions this morning. First one is, what do you want most in 2021? With all the craziness going on around us, what do you want most? You know what's never at the top of the resolutions list? Getting closer to God. I don't know why it doesn't make the top 10. But perhaps it is to lose a few pounds. I always want to lose a few pounds. I always want to eat better. Maybe get off social media or decrease your time on social media. Maybe some of you want to get married in the future. Maybe you want to get free from a vice that you've been struggling with. Maybe you want to get out of debt. Maybe you want to graduate college, even through this, you know, craziness. Whatever it is that you want most, here's a follow-up question. What discipline do you need to add to your life now to get what you want most? Maybe, like it was for me, someday you get out in the morning and you take a walk that turns into a light jog, that turns into a 5K, and then a 10K, and on and on and on. Maybe it's getting rid of the chips in your pantry. I don't know. Maybe, like me, you need to stop driving by in and out. I, all kinds of stuff can happen, right? Maybe you can add a weekly date night to your calendar with your spouse. Maybe you need to get a new budget worked out that includes saving and tithing to God. Maybe you need to get on your knees and pray more especially with your kids. When you choose the right disciplines, you will end up with what you want most. And if you call on the Son of God who is living in you to help, he will empower you to keep choosing the right disciplines. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most, right? The problem is that we often choose what we want now instead of what we want most. So I encourage you to choose to deny yourself the, 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 the desires that are of this world and instead choose what God wants for you most. And he wants holiness. He wants you in heaven. He wants faithfulness from you. And this is what Jesus said himself. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Will you do that, church? Bow in prayer with me. Father, this morning, we are thankful for your word. For we know that your word speaks truth into our lives. 
Lord, we also take this opportunity that you may forgive us, forgive me for choosing the wrong habits and disciplines. The ones that take me away from you and what you want most for me. Lord, today I choose to deny myself and instead to follow you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be able to deny myself and follow you. Lord, because that is what I want most. Lord, that is exactly what we all want most. Lord, and, and if there's someone here who, who's listening to the sound of my voice, whether in person or online, that hasn't made a decision to follow you and to be able to feel that power that is at work within them, Lord, and you're compelling them to choose you right now. And if that's you, just silently in your heart, just repeat this prayer and say, Father, I recognize that you came to earth and that you died and that you rose for me. Lord, right now I repent of my sins and I ask that you would come into my life and as best as I know how, I will follow you forevermore. And if that, if you prayed that prayer, just let us know. Send, send me an email. I, I just want to send you some information. I just want to pray for you. We're not going to bombard you with anything. We're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. We just want to pray for you and lift you up and send you information that I think would be uh, important. You can, you can just send us something uh, through, through email. Lord, for the rest of us, Father, just give us the strength that we need to persevere, not of our own self-discipline, Father, but with the power that is at work within us. May you get us through everything that you've said in our hearts. And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen.